Thank you for joining us for a Kingdom Thoughts conversation with one of our founders on Insight Now. You can watch live streams on Facebook and YouTube. We hope that you enjoy the conversation. Well, hello, hello. Uh, thank you for joining me today. And uh, the topic for today is gathering up the fragments that remain so that nothing is lost. And the theme I'm going to go after here is that 2020 is not done. And I really think that the Lord has some specific plans for 2020. He's had some specific plans for 2020. I've heard many people say 2020 has really been quite a pivot for them. Maybe it's been a pivot for you. Um, you know, one of the difficulties is, is that when there's a time for a pivot and we don't pivot, um, I'm thinking of basketball here, you know, if you need to pivot and you don't pivot, you can almost like break your ankle. You know, there, there, there's a time when we need to be ready to, to pivot and um, it can take a little bit of flexibility, a little bit of getting used to the new way that God's operating with us. And I think that that's been my narrative in 2020. So I really just want to kind of share today um, out of a bit of that testimony, share a couple scriptures that have been ministering to me uh, in that process. And I really think it's going to bless you. Um, so I'm just pray, Father, I ask for your presence to hover upon this message that everyone at the sound of my voice and everyone who hears this later would be touched by your presence and touched by your power and propelled into your purpose for 2021 in Jesus name. Let me just start by reading out of Romans five, kind of this context about 2020. It says, therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations. Now, uh, 2020 has really been a tribulation for a lot of us. Um, you know, I think sometimes we might overstate it. There's been people in the history of the world that have been in much harder situations than we are currently in. There's been, our grandparents have probably been in much harder situations than we currently are in. But regardless, for many of us, myself included, this is probably the most challenging time uh, that I've lived through yet. And uh, so it feels like a tribulation on some level. But we also glory in tribulations. Have you gloried in tribulations? You know, what would cause us to glory in tribulations? It, you have to know something in order to glory in tribulations. And it says that knowing that tribulation produces perseverance and perseverance, character and character, hope. It says now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. It is supernatural that tribulation could produce hope. And my wife highlighted this recently at a church service. She's saying that if we're walking with Christ, tribulation times ought to be the most hopeful times. Now that's, I know that's literally um, the opposite of what it would naturally be, but isn't that how God is? That he uh, flips the natural upside down and does the supernatural. I mean, this is how our father is. He's not constrained by uh, natural restrictions. And so in God, it's saying that we glory in tribulations because we know something that tribulation produces perseverance and perseverance character and character hope. 
It says, now hope does not disappoint. I'm reading from Romans 5. Hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. And so there's an element here that's supernatural. In fact, the whole thing is, how is it that tribulations, a time of tribulation, is meant to be something that we glory in because it becomes the most hopeful time? Now, think about that. You can't argue with that. That's what the Word of God says to you and to me, and I can't argue with that that in a time of tribulation, hope should be abounding all the more. How is that possible? It says, hope does not disappoint because the love of God's been poured out in our hearts. When we are meditating on God's love for us, then even in difficult circumstances, hope rises up all the more. Do you understand? In difficult circumstances, God's love causes hope to rise up all the more. It's the same concept in some ways is where the Bible says that where sin abounds, grace abounds all the more. Why? Where sin abounds, you need more grace. And where tribulation is abounding, you need more hope. And so I just want to encourage us that 2020, to the extent it's been a harder season than most, is a season where hope is meant to abound. Now, one of the processes, though, to cause hope to abound is this perseverance, character, uh, that the tribulations kind of, you know, God working with us through these tribulations produces the perseverance and it generates perseverance and the perseverance works on our character, which enables us to hope like we've never hoped before in these sorts of situations. And so in some ways, I'm going after the middle ground today, that perseverance and character piece. And the text that I'd like to share with you is from John chapter six. It's a pretty classic text, um, but I saw something uh, really, my wife and I saw something for the first time, never seen it before quite like this. So um, the storyline is that um, Jesus went over the Sea of Galilee. There was a multitude who had followed him. And uh, I think in this story, it's about 5,000. And Jesus says, make the people sit down. This is John chapter 6, verse 10. Make the people sit down. Now, there was much grass in the place. So the men sat down in number about 5,000. I was right. And Jesus took the loaves. And when he had given thanks, he distributed them to the disciples and the disciples to those sitting down and likewise of the fish as much as they wanted, as much as they wanted. So when they were filled, he said to his disciples, gather up the fragments that remain so that nothing is lost. That's the title of this uh, little message here. So that nothing is lost, so that nothing is lost. And I'm telling you, 2020 is not done. 2020 is not done. Gather up the fragments that remain so that nothing is lost, Jesus said. Therefore, they gathered them up and filled 12 baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves, which were left over by those who had eaten. Then those men, when they had seen the sign that Jesus did, said, this truly, this is truly the prophet who is to come into the world. So there's some moving pieces here, and I'm going to draw an analogy. Now, what's interesting is they were um, really in sort of a wilderness place, these 5,000. They were seeking the Lord, but they found themselves in a wilderness place. And throughout the word of God, we see wilderness seasons and they're not inherently bad. They're typically really just a season of transition. Uh, the Israelites showed us how you could prolong a season of transition. Uh, but Jesus showed us how you could successfully navigate a season of transition by remembering what it is that God has said. Uh, and you go through the transition, you step into the upgrade and you step into your promised land without prolonging that season. So, um, 2020 for many of us has been a wilderness season. It's a time of pivot. There's been a time of tribulation. You know, it's a little bit different than normal. And here, though, these 5,000 were in the wilderness. 
and they were hungry and Jesus was there. And of course, Jesus asked his disciples and they're kind of trying to look around like, what do we got? I mean, I don't know, you know, and Jesus himself knew what he was going to do. And Jesus multiplies the loaves and the fishes and the disciples distribute those and everybody eats until um, they eat all they wanted. And when they were filled, he said to the disciples, gather up the fragments that remain so that nothing is lost. So this whole thing, I think, is somewhat analogous or can be seen analogously to 2020. We're in the wilderness and Jesus has been sustaining us. Those of us that put our trust in the Lord, he's been sustaining us during this time. And if you're anything like me, you know, it's been great, actually. Um, it's had its challenges, but it's been really great. Actually, probably been the best year of my life so far. And um, all of us have eaten and have been filled. So... Um, what are these fragments that remain? That's what I want to kind of highlight here. Gather up the fragments that remain so that nothing is lost. Well, the fragments are the things they didn't eat. You know, we know that they ate and were filled, and so they ate most of it, but there were some amount of fragments that remained, and those ended up filling 12 baskets and five um, uh, gathered them up and filled 12 baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves, which were left over by those who had eaten. And so the fragments that remain, Jesus said to gather them up. Why? You know, to me, that's kind of a funny idea because if Jesus can multiply, uh, the bread and the fish so easily, so effortlessly, why bother gathering up the fragments? You know, it seems like it probably would have been a lot of work to gather up the fragments. Couldn't he have just multiplied the fragments? You know, so when Jesus multiplied the food for the 5,000, why did he have them gather up the fragments? He could have just multiplied some more. But he said, gather up the fragments that remain so that nothing is lost. So there was something significant about the fragments. And here's what I had proposed to you. The fragments are the things that you had not anticipated Jesus setting in front of you this year. You know, Jesus has been feeding us all year. He's been sustaining us. He's been teaching us. And some of the things that he's been teaching us, we were expecting, we were used to. Um, they're the sorts of things that he's fed us before, the things that we already have an appetite for. And we ate those and are satisfied from those. Yet there's these other things we didn't eat, you know, the fragments that remain. And Jesus surprisingly says, gather those up so that nothing is lost. And here's what I would propose to you. The fragments are the things you were not expecting God to put in front of you this year. They're the things that maybe you didn't have an appetite for. They're the things um, that maybe you haven't eaten before. You know, um, and I would propose to you that Jesus has put food in front of us pur purposefully this year. Nothing's been on accident. And uh, what he's put in front of us has been on purpose. So, what we see here is they gather up the fragments that remain so that nothing is lost. And then it says, then verse 14, those men, when they had seen the sign that Jesus did said, truly, this is the prophet who is to come into the world. And so what's interesting is it was in gathering up the fragments that they recognized the miracle of God. When they gathered up the fragments, they recognized the miracle of God. It was not until they gathered up the fragments that they recognized the miracle, miracle of God. And I believe what the Lord is saying to many of us in the body of Christ right now is that 2020 is not done. He's been setting some things in front of us this year that we're used to him setting in front of us. And we've eaten those and we were filled. 
but he's also been setting some things in front of some of us, and I think most of us probably, that we're not used to, we weren't expecting, perhaps we don't have an appetite or a taste for, and maybe he's been setting them in front of us, but we haven't eaten them yet. And Jesus said, 2020 is not done. Gather up the fragments that remain so that nothing is lost. And I'm telling you, it's in gathering up your fragments that you're going to see your miracle. Let me say that again. Just like in verse 14, it says, then those men, then those men, when they, after they gathered up the fragments, then those men, when they had seen the sign that Jesus did, said, this is truly the prophet who's to come into the world. I believe many of us are going to see our miracle when we gather up the fragments that still remain. So what are these fragments? Well, the amazing thing is they're not new things. These are things that God's been setting in front of you all year. If this message applies to you, and I really think it probably applies to most people in the body of Christ, these are some things that God's been setting in front of you all year. I'll give you a just personal story. Early this year, the Lord started to speak to me about repose. And um, it came out of an experience I had with him where I was seeking him for a revelation. And he said, there's a repose to family. And he said, he even said, you know, as I was seeking him for revelation about something, he said, that's not what this is about. There's a repose to family. And that was so confusing to me because for years I've sought the Lord uh, for revelation. And surely that's a good thing. You know, revelation is a revealing of who he is. And it's in seeing him that we're transformed into his image. Um, and so it's a beautiful thing. But in this moment back in February or so, the Lord showed me, he said, he spoke to me, he said, that's not what this is about. This isn't about revelation right now. There's a repose to family and a repose means a rest, you know? And I was like, wow, this is a little bit different, you know? And fast forward a few months and the Lord was speaking to me in the same vein again, but I didn't quite recognize it. And finally, probably about October time, the Lord got through to me. And what he got through to me is that um, I had been operating. He started working with me. He was showing me that I'd come into 2020 with ambition, uh, but he wanted me to leave 2020 with contentment. So I started, started studying out contentment and contentment come, is the same word for container or to be contained, you know, and there's, there's a need in all of us to be validated. There's a need that, you know, in many of us has driven us for many years to be validated, to be approved of, to do something significant and, you know, of course, we all want to do great things and we all want to bless other people that are around us. But sometimes God gets at the heart of something. And that's what he was doing with me this year. And he's saying there's an element of ambition there that I want to remove and so that I can bring in contentment. And what was fascinating is as he started to show me that that word contentment means to, to be really to be uh, validated from the inside within the container as opposed to something outside the container. How could you be validated from the inside? Well, because of what the Father says about you. And so the Lord started really ministering this to me. Uh, and it, to be honest, it was disorienting. It was like, wow, what is life going to look like if I don't have that, that same drive? What is life going to be like? And of course, God knew and he knew it was going to be an upgrade. But, you know, sometimes it can be tough to even imagine. How are you going to move forward in this new thing without the, the sort of crutch or the, or the motivation that you had before? And God's saying, no, I'm going to give you a new motivation. Uh, that that's fully pure. Uh, so anyway, that's my story. I came in with ambition. I'm leaving with contentment. Now here's what's interesting. What's the what is the bread? The five you know five thousand were fed right with with bread that they were you know that they ate, and then there were also fragments. So again, we're talking about the main sort of bread that they ate, and they were satisfied by, and then the fragments. 
And I'm saying your miracle, I think you're gonna find your miracle over here in the fragments. And the fragments are the things that you are not used to eating, the things you maybe didn't have a hunger for, uh, the things that, um, you know, Jesus has been setting in front of you, but you got satisfied on, on the typical stuff and uh, maybe haven't eaten yet some of what Jesus has set in front of you. And so for me, the typical stuff was seeking him for revelation and going after advancing the kingdom and having progress in every area of life and these sorts of things. And all of that's good. It's 100% good. It's actually food that Jesus gave me, you know, so he wants me to to keep that going. But in this season, he was saying, no, that's not what this is about. There's a repose to family. So this was the typical, you know, the advance sort of thing. And he's saying, hold on, repose to family. And so here I was at the end of the year and the Lord had started speaking to me about repose back in February. And it was like October, November until I started to get it. And what he did is he kind of ratcheted up how strongly he was speaking that word until it was like kind of right in front of my face. I'm like, oh, you've been speaking to me about this all year. And see, this is my question for you. Is it possible that the Lord's been speaking to you about something all year, but maybe you haven't quite got it yet? And um, there's no condemnation in that. But a lot of times these things where God puts his finger on something, it's a little bit harder to get than we might expect because it's new, it's different, it's opposite perhaps of how we've always operated. And not that we've operated badly, he's just saying, let me just not speak to that part for a second. Let's come over here and say there's a repose to family and let's start to establish that. And I love how God will focus on a singular thing uh, for a time until we get it. And so often what I've found is that you, you're in a season of breakthrough and you think that God's speaking lots of different things and all of a sudden you see over three months or over six months, oh, you've been speaking to the same thing. And so one of the things that's so beautiful about God, uh, it, Matthew 6, I think this is. Oh, no, Matthew 7. Jesus says this, verse 24. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and the beat on the house. And it did not fall for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain descended and the floods came, the winds blew and beat on the house and it fell and its fall was great. So the story here is pretty straightforward. There's one house that withstands the storm and one house that doesn't withstand the storm. And what I would highlight to you is both houses, you know, both people uh, heard the word of God actually. The difference was one of them acted on the word of God instead of just hearing it. And so, it takes faith to act on the word of God. And Jesus is saying that there is a type of man who acts on the word that he's heard. And when he acts on it, it solidifies his foundation before the flood comes. Let me say it again. When you act on the word God gives you, it solidifies your foundation before the flood comes. This is part of the nature of a good father that he knows what's coming and he prepares his children for their next. And he prepares us before the time comes. Isn't that awesome? Now, sometimes we might not listen to the preparation. We might not, we might hear the word even, but we don't act on the word. And if you don't act on the word that he gives you, knowing him, he probably gives you the word again. That's what happened to me this year. He gave me the word in February. I think he was speaking to me about it over the summer. Finally, I kind of get it, October, October, November time. And he starts, you know, helping me understand, oh, this is what I've been speaking to you about all year. And so God will give you a word ahead of time to prepare your foundation for what's next. But when we don't act on the word that God gives us, 
uh, ahead of time, what can end up happening is we can end up being like one who heard the word, but didn't act on it. And as a result, when the flood comes, we're not prepared for it. Now you could broaden that concept more broadly. Uh, when the opportunity comes, it doesn't have to be a flood when the opportunity comes or et cetera. So it could be on the positive side of things, but regardless, a good father prepares you ahead of time for what you're about to do. You know, a good father puts a helmet on a kid before he learns to ride a bike. A good father puts a baseball bat in the hands of a boy before he goes to practice, you know, and, and this is, this is what a good father does. He's preparing you ahead of time. And I would venture to say that he's been preparing you during 2020. You know, I started by reading Romans chapter five, where in the in the midst of tribulation, God is, is developing perseverance and character, which leads to hope, and that hope doesn't disappoint. So in this sort of a season, we ought to be the most hopeful season uh, that we ever have, but you're not gonna get there apart from engaging in the difficulties of walking with God through the times of, that need perseverance and need character. So how are you gonna do that? I'm telling you that I, I would venture to guess that there might be some fragments. And the Lord's saying, gather up the fragments that remain so that nothing is lost. So often we don't even have ears to hear about the fragments. I'll give one more story from First Chronicles 13. My friend Danny Ortiz highlighted this story to me recently and it so ministered to me. It was really part of helping birth this message. So, so thankful to him for that. And the story here, I'll, I'll just paraphrase it or kind of summarize it. But basically, um, David wanted to bring the Ark of the Covenant up to Jerusalem because for really, I think at least for Saul's reign, I forget exactly, um, it had been outside of Jerusalem in kiriath Jerim, and it had been in a house of Abinadab, the Ark had been. And David, out of his love for God, wanted to bring the Ark back to Jerusalem. Now, um, the ark, as they started to bring it up, Yuza and Io were also in Abinadab's household, and they had probably become familiar with the ark. And you know what familiarity can do, can just make you a little bit loose with things. And they started to bring the ark up on an oxen cart. And you probably know this story, that, but that's not how they were supposed to carry the ark. There were, there were laws um, that Moses had received from the Lord about how the priests were to carry the ark on their shoulders in a certain sort of way, not transported on an oxen cart. And somewhere along the line, as they're transporting it, David and all of Israel are worshiping and they're all excited. And what happens is the oxen cart sort of stumbles or falters and um, Yuza puts his hand out to hold the ark um, when the oxen stumbled and the Lord struck Yuza dead. And there was a process then that David went through where David uh, went from worshiping God to being angry with God and then to even being fearful to bring the ark any further. And they left the, the ark then in the house of Obed-Edom for three months and that house became blessed, uh, I'm guessing because Obed-Edom handled the ark correctly. But here's, here's what I wanna communicate and I'm gonna take a little liberty here, but I think it's a great example. David had a, this, a man after God's own heart, right? So this was the main way that David operated as a man after God's own heart. His heart just longed for the Lord and that's why he was bringing the ark up. And it, it was out of a good heart, think about it. He was worshiping before God as they're carrying it on this oxen cart. But could it be that God was trying to get to David a new fragment? You know, not the main thing that David had feasted on all these years, as good as it was, but could it be that he was trying to get to David a new fragment? And if so, I'd propose to you that new fragment had to do with the idea that, hey, David, there's some specific protocols about how we're going to move that ark. 
there's some specificity uh, to worship. And here's what's interesting. David often, you know, he at least one time, Jesus said, broke protocol. You know, David went in and ate the bread of the presence with his men that was only for the priests. And, and Jesus approved of it. Jesus said, hey, look, my disciples are plucking heads of grain. Haven't you read about David and his guys? And what's going on there is, is David had such an intimacy with God that he had sort of some flexibility in things, right? He didn't just follow God out of rules and not know him personally. He knew him personally. And, and God loved that. He said he's a man after his own heart so much so that he called Jesus the son of David, right? But there's still a place for the word of God that tells you, no, 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 this is how, this is how, this is how. And David, I believe God was wanting to upgrade David in preparation for the worship that he was going to establish in Jerusalem that became the pattern of worship that we really, you know, even are based in today. But David needed not only the intimacy with God, but he needed a, a perhaps, it's my interpretation here, but he needed a new lesson about the specificity of God, about some of these sorts of things. And so I'm just giving you this an example of where David typically is just a man after God's own heart. That was his main sort of bread that satisfied him. And yet here there was a fragment that perhaps had not been eaten yet. And God's saying, gather up the fragments that remain so that nothing may be lost. So I'm here to tell you that 2020 isn't done. You know, it's just a few weeks ago, like I mentioned, I, I met with my friend Danny Ortiz and he said, 2020 is not done. That's what the Lord's speaking to me. And then I was talking with another friend, Brian Mangersheen, and he was saying, there's loose ends from 2020. And then the Lord spoke to me this verse from John chapter six, gather up the fragments that remain so that nothing may be lost. God establishes our foundation ahead of time. You know, like we we're reading out of Matthew 7, he establishes our foundation ahead of time. And could it be that the Lord's had his finger on some things for you? You know, you might just ask God, are there any fragments that remain from what you've said in front of me? That's a beautiful thing. These are things Jesus has said in front of us to eat. They're all good. You know, my what? Uh, my mom uh, uses this Italian phrase often, mangia tutti. It means eat it all, eat it all. And when Jesus sets something in front of us, we want to eat it all. Uh, there's no there's no sort of um, accident to what Jesus puts in front of us. And I think that sometimes we're used to a certain sort of food and we we have a taste for that and we eat that, you know, um, but he's setting something else in front of us in this season. So, you know, what would your fragments be? Well, I can promise you it's not something new. Do you understand? Think about it. The fragments were what were already set in front of them. They'd already seen them. They've already seen these fragments. Um, it wouldn't be something new. You know, if the Lord is speaking to you about a fragment here in this month of December that that remains yet for 2020, that he wants you to gather up and bring back to him and eat with him and, and allow that to transform you before you move into 2021 in preparation for your next season. Um, it's not going to be something new that he's speaking to you right now. The fragment's what he already said in front of you. And if you're anything like me, perhaps it, he was setting it in front of you all year long. And so I would just encourage you to pray and say, Lord, are there any fragments that remain, any loose ends that remain? What, you know, what have you been after this year with me? What have you been preparing for? Is there anything else that you want to do with that, God? It, remember in uh, verse 14 of John 6, it says, then, namely after they had gathered up the fragments of remain that remained, they 
recognized the miracle that Jesus had done. I'm paraphrasing, but that's the idea. It's after gathering up the fragments that they recognize the miracle that Jesus has done. I think God's been setting you up for a miracle and maybe you've already stepped into it, but maybe there's still some loose ends from 2020. Maybe God's still saying to you, like he's saying to me, 2020 is not done. Gather up the fragments that remain so that nothing may be lost. So I just bless you in Jesus's name. And I declare that you have ears to hear what the spirit is saying. And I declare that you like um, a sheep of God's pasture, uh, he will lead you and show you the food. It's just like that. It says he leads us beside still waters and takes us to green pastures. You know, shepherds put their sheep where they want them to graze. You could say the same message through that analogy from Psalms 23 that says, is it possible that Jesus, the good shepherd, has been leading you into a pasture you haven't recognized yet, but it is the green pasture that he has for you in this season so that you can step into what it is that he's doing. What are your fragments? I just pray in Jesus' name, Father, that, that we would get everything that you've got for us as you speak it to us such that we'd walk into it and act upon it now that we'd be prepared for the blessing, the opportunities, and even perhaps the difficulties uh, that, that lie ahead. And I thank you that you, as a good father, pre-prepare us. So I would pray, Father, we'd have ears to hear and eyes to see and a heart to receive all it is that you've set in front of us this year in Jesus name. All right. God bless you guys. Thanks so much for joining. And I just bless you in Jesus name. Thank you for joining us today for this conversation. You can follow us, like, subscribe, and share out any of these episodes on Facebook, YouTube, and anywhere you listen to podcasts. For more information about us, you can go to insightnow.co. Have a great day.